If you're getting ready to retire, you're probably wondering, am I going to be okay? Is my money going to last? I'm Charlotte Jessup, and today my guest and colleague, Parker Thompson, will talk about the risks and concerns facing today's retirees. Welcome to the SFS Power Up Wealth Podcast, where we provide impactful insight and expert opinions on timeless financial principles and timely investment topics, preparing you to make smarter decisions with your money. Parker, thank you for joining me for this episode. Pleasure to be here. This is our episode two of Am I Going to Be Okay for Retirement? And last time, we talked a little bit about sequence of return risk and bear markets and what to expect, and all based on what some of the concerns that retirees are facing today. Parker, can you give us some real-life scenarios? Yeah, we, we can put them together. We talked about bear markets. We talked about sequence of returns risk and how those all really can either affect a retiree in a good way or a bad way, right? Depending on how the markets go early in retirement. There's an example here that I thought was very impactful that has to do with the timing of retirement and the returns that you would get early on in retirement. But it's three retirees that uh, retired back in 1969. And if we think back to that time, we can think that there's a lot of parallels today as far as inflation and, and high cost of living and, and the volatile markets at that time. Essentially, three retirees all retired in this year of 1969, but it, they all retired three months apart, one in January, one in April, and one in July. Now, you would think on the surface that they would probably be pretty aligned with each other as far as retirees go and, and how long their money lasts, but it's actually quite the opposite. Over the course of 30 years, their nest eggs or their retirement fluctuated as it does with the markets, but each one ended up in a very different position. The first retiree that retired in January, their money bounced around, went up and down a little bit, but by the time that they were age 92, they had run out of money completely. They had lost all money due to inflation and you know having to spend it on their lifestyle to keep their lifestyle in retirement. The second retiree who retired in April was able to maintain money. Right, so only a three-month difference of retirement, and that retiree was able to maintain or even grow slightly. And then the third retiree that retired in July actually grew their money. Now, for frame of reference, each of these retirees started with $500,000 as a lump sum. So the one that ran out of money obviously ended with zero. The one that gained slightly ended up with about 700000 And the, the one that grew his money, so retired in July, actually ended up over a million dollars at age 92. Now, how could three different retirees retiring at three months difference from each other in the year of 1969, all end up at three drastically different places from zero to 700 to a million dollars. That's the risk of sequence of returns and bear markets and the power of losses, right? And the timing of retirement specifically. We don't always think that, you know, we need to retire at a specific month. We always think, well, a certain year, and we hope that that's a good year for the market. Because if it's not, then we get into to some of these risks of our money may not make it, right? It may not last for us. I just think that this example was was really impactful to show that even the slightest difference in timing, depending on where the market is and what happens over the next decade or so, your retirement can really affect how your money lasts. It is impactful. People don't, I think, recognize how significant the timing of market and 
distribution of money are when you combine them together. It can really have different outcome and unfortunately some really negative outcomes in the long run. And in our planning, we do that. People think of losses and they don't really think of the full impact. But tell us what it takes when you have a loss in your portfolio. What do you have to do to get back where you were? Yeah. Assuming no distributions. The the math that we like to use as financial planners is a, it's a simple numbers game. If you lose 10%, you need 11% to get back to be even where you were at before. By the numbers, if you have a 25% loss, then you'll need 33% to get back. 50%, like we saw closer in 2008, you would need 100% return to get back even to that same dollar amount that you were at before. And like you said, this is without distributions. And for most of our retirees, we see that they need to complement their social security and their pension. If they have one, their income, they need to complement it with their own assets that they've saved up. And it's becoming more relevant as pensions are going away and and social security is, you know, has some questions over the next few decades. People are going to rely more and more on their own money that they've saved up and been able to invest. So let's say that you are taking distributions. These numbers get more drastic. If you're taking about 4% of your assets out each year, which is typically what we see, that same 20% loss would require you to have a 56% return, right? As opposed to 25%. Wait, just say that again. If you have lost 20% in your portfolio and you're taking a distribution, how much do you have to make up? You have to make up. 56%. So you have to have a 56% positive return. That's so, amazing. That's assuming that we have a 20% loss like we had last year, right? In the markets. If you have something closer to the 2000, like the early 2000s, 2000, 2003 or 2008, even where we lost even close to 50, if you lose 33%, right, you're having to make up a whole lot more. And it depends on if you're taking more and more distributions too. So we just said that's a 4% distribution rate. If that all of a sudden becomes a 5% distribution rate and you're having to take out more money to afford your lifestyle, you now have to have a 67% return. And you can see how that starts to waterfall as you start to have more, bigger, bigger losses. So that's why we always say the power of losses is one of the bigger risks. Where it comes to retirement timing and the sequence of return risk, those first few years are pivotal because if you do have those big losses, it takes a lot to gain that back. It makes it even more important to find a way to protect yourself against those types of losses, but still protect yourself against inflation. Talk about that with us. Yes. Inflation is always there, right? I think we've heard it termed a lot that it's the silent killer. So the losses are important, but inflation's always going to be nagging at your cost of living. We want to stay invested, but we want to have less losses. It almost seems counterintuitive. Because we want to mitigate those losses in retirement early on, but that lends itself saying well, maybe we're less and less invested in the market. However, over the long term, if you're not invested in the market and inflation is starting to you know, grow, like we saw in the last year hitting almost 9%, if inflation is even at a consistent 3 or 4%, you have to earn more than that for your money to work for you. Otherwise, your cost of living starts to drag on your portfolio. In other words, inflation can really kill your portfolio over the long term. You need to be earning at or above inflation rates each year for that money to continue to grow for you in retirement. And that's hard to do when you're not in the market. So we see that where a lot of people get spooked by those early losses and the timing of their retirement and they get out of the market and they lose out on a lot of the gain and inflation starts to eat at them and starts to chunk away at their portfolio to the point where sometimes at the end of retirement, they run out of money earlier than they think. Scary. So how do we protect our clients or how, what do we, strategies do we use to help prevent that and help them stay invested? Overall, generally, people want to try to mitigate losses as much as possible. And now, this is a technical term that we use in the financial planning industry called standard deviation. Uh, and I think for those who 
maybe want a revamp of their math class in high school. Uh, standard deviation is just the variability of how high or low that their dollar amount, in this case, their investment can go right with the market. So what's the chance that the market could lose 30% versus what's the chance that it could gain 30%, right? And how often does that happen? We sometimes call that volatility. So standard deviation, we want to try to mitigate that because if your portfolio has less of a chance to drop 30 or 50%, then you have less of a chance of running out of money because you don't have to gain back a lot more to mitigate those losses, to basically recoup some of the money that you've lost. Something that we do is just picking the right selection of funds or stocks in your portfolio to create the right standard deviation, right? If your standard deviation at the market is, let's just say 15%, then you want to have something less than that. But it's hard to sometimes pick the right stocks or funds that can lend itself to that risk. At Smedley Financial, we actually have the lifetime income plan that does a lot of this for us, right? We explained this in the last episode where by putting our money in different buckets at different risk levels, we're able to have some that's long-term that can grow and be acceptable, you know, fluctuating up and down. But the money that we're drawing on right now, we have more conservative. And if we need to pull from it, it doesn't lose as much. So that's one of the things that we do. Another way is it's just active management. Sometimes we can see there's economic indicators and factors and we're able to say, hey, maybe we want to reduce risk in our investments right now and wait to see what happens in the economy and put it back at the right time. Right. So that's just timing of investments. You know, it's like a barbell approach because we have two things. We're trying to outpace inflation, but at the same time, we're trying to prevent losses as individuals in our portfolios or in our plans. It's a real balancing act, it sounds like. It's counterintuitive because you think that you you just always want to be in the market and eventually over time it'll grow and it'll be it'll sustain your retirement. However, we've seen through a few of these examples, if you just buy and hold and let it ride, sometimes those early losses can really affect you. So we want to have somewhere we're protecting it and trying to make sure that we don't have those big, deep losses because then we don't have such a, a wall to climb to get back to normal to where the portfolio amount was at before. Right. All of a sudden we're stuck with the dilemma of we're trying to grow the money, but we have less dollars to do that with. That makes sense. I think that the lifetime income plan will help people understand emotionally that they have to have some of their money. It has to be in the market, even though it's volatile and losing at a time when they're, you know, as a whole portfolio taking it. But knowing that there's money that's set aside that's not tied to that volatility where they can where they can use it. I think yeah. it makes good sense. I think one example, if if I can pull one out of just the standard deviation or the volatility is is an example of two different portfolios. And in this case, we've all heard of the, the hare versus the tortoise, right? The slow versus the fast. In this case, we saw an example where they put two portfolios up against each other. So two dollar amounts that someone starts with in retirement. In the first 10 years of their retirement, one matches the exact return of the markets themselves, right? That's the hair portfolio. So the same standard deviation, the same risk as the market. There's no protection whatsoever. So it loses more when the market goes down and it gains more when the market goes up. Or as opposed to the tortoise portfolio, so the slower, slow and steady one, is half of that standard deviation. So half the volatility, which means when the market loses, let's say in the first year, in this case, 26%, the tortoise portfolio will only lose 13%. What we notice is over a 10-year period that the tortoise portfolio actually ends up with more money at $100,000 as opposed to $90,000, right? And they both began with $100,000. So the tortoise portfolio, although it didn't sway as much, right? 
it maintained a lot better and it grew at a steadier pace. Whereas because the hair portfolio was so subject to risk and volatility, it actually lost out because some of those losses were so big that it was hard to come back from them. That to me is is a great example of, of why it's important to mitigate standard deviation or to mitigate the losses. You want to have protection against those because it can really affect you long-term. And that on the flip side, we have to be content when the market sometimes is gaining more than our portfolio and we're gaining still at a steady rate that's going to support us into retirement. However, we're just taking less risk. I like that. I think it makes a lot of sense. I would say that from my experience, the pain of losing is much greater than the joy of winning. And when we're managing portfolios, that's what we're thinking of. You know, the downside can be more critical than investors realize because we don't want to necessarily participate in all the downside. Yeah, as we've seen, those the power of losses is a lot more powerful than the power of gains. Sadly, that's just how it goes with investments, especially when you're taking distributions in retirement. Parker, this is great information. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for joining the Power Up Wealth podcast. Spend the financials located at 102 South, 200 East, Suite 100 in Salt Lake City, Utah, 84111. Call us today at 800-748-4788. You can also find us on the web at smedleyfinancial.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. The views expressed are Smedley Financials and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities or services mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can assure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Securities offered through Securities America, Inc., member FINRA, SIPSI, Roger M. Smedley, Charlotte J. Jessup, James R. Derrick, Shane P. Thomas, Michael B. Ani, Jordan R. Hadfield, Registered Representatives. Investment Advisor Representatives of Smedley Financial Services, Inc. Advisory Services offered through Smedley Financial Services, Inc. Smedley Financial Services, Inc. and Securities America are separate entities. (music) 